Hey, this is H1. We're going to be running it back with another episode talking about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, and chess understanding. Today, we will be discussing why correspondence chess is still popular among elite players. And this is an article by the New York Times. I'm going to be reading it, and we're going to be discussing what is correspondence chess and how is this even viable? Like, what's the difference between correspondence chess and classical chess? And why do grandmasters like going out? going over correspondence chess more than classical matches but hey let's get into it let's rock and roll and let me just address the elephant in the room i took a month break but now i'm back at it again with another episode once a week or maybe twice a week let's get to it mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, we're to this segment talked about correspondence chess. But before we get into this article, I feel that I'm obligated to talk about what is correspondence chess and what did it used to be. So why not look up correspondence chess on Wikipedia? Because you already know Wikipedia is always truthful. But anyway, the first sentence of this Wikipedia page on correspondence chess, it says here, Correspondence chess is chess played by various forms of long-distance correspondence, traditionally through the postal system. So just imagine like correspondence chess was played through letters in the past. You know, there wasn't no computers back then. Um, Yeah, just imagine. (laughs) You do your move and then you got to write a letter out on which move that you did. And then the player has to wait like five or six days until they get the move and then they they're gonna think for a few days and then they're gonna write out their their move and then the the game just to take years on end to finish so that's why we don't do the postal system today i'm glad that we have the internet where uh, okay actually let me read the rest of this wikipedia thing because it explains it today it is usually played through a correspondence chess server a public internet a chess forum or email Less common methods that have been employed include fax, homing pigeon, and phone. Homing pigeon. This is the first time you're looking at this. It's, it's not just, yeah, homing pigeon is, is definitely weird. So if I have my own pigeon, like Blue Jay, of course, from the Hugger Games, but if I have my own pigeon, is that even a pigeon? I don't care. I just imagine that bird not getting to the destination that I wanted to go. But anyway, let me just continue on reading. It is in contrast to over the board chess, where the players sit at a chessboard at the same time or play each other in real time via the internet. Correspondence chess allows people or clubs who are geographically distant to play one another without meeting in person. These distant relationships are just one of the many distinct appeals of correspondence chess. The length of the game played by correspondence can vary depending on the method used to transmit moves. A game played via server or by email might last no more than a few days, weeks, or months. 
a game played by post between players in different countries might last several years. Imagine you playing a game that's lasting several years. That's crazy. I don't think I could do that. But I have personally played Correspondence Chess to get better back in the day. Um, you can play it on chess.com or leechess.org. Just play one move per day. You have like a whole day to make the perfect move. It does get you in the right thinking if you have the patience for it. But if you're already used to playing bullet or blitz games, then you might as well not even try to play a Correspondence game. But let's get into this article of why Correspondence Chess is still popular among elite players, even though it takes so long, and especially in this day and age where we have TikTok, YouTube shorts, um, where most people don't like anything that doesn't doesn't appease the um, the short span, the short attention span, right? Got it. Okay. In this article, let's let's just go through it right quick. After more than two years of play, John Edwards, a retired administrator of Princeton University, won the 32nd World Court on 32nd World Correspondence Chess Championship on tie breaks last month, beating Correspondence Chess Grandmasters from around the world. Mr. Edwards, who earned his own Correspondence Chess Grandmaster title in the process of winning the championship, is the first American to a triumph in the event in nearly 40 years and only the third American ever to do so. While many chess professionals worry that their opponents in person or online will cheat by using chess engines or software that determines the best move, and this is a key point on correspondence chess too that is different from real life chess or classical um, blitz things that are nature, because correspondence players have embraced their use so you can use chess engines you can use um you can use the theory that has already been played by other masters to look at and especially with the online service you can do that too um like chess.com leechess.org chess24 and that's the main big difference is that um i think on chess.com you can't use engines but there are certain correspondence tournaments where you can use engines. I think on chess.com, you can only use previous games that was played um, by masters, which is still pretty challenging because most of the games that were played by masters, you don't know if it was the right move or not to go into that line because most of the main lines nowadays aren't even played. But let me continue very quick. The International Correspondence Chess Federation allows players to consult engines during their games, making the matches a hybrid competition that involves the strategy and planning of humans guided by the accuracy of machines. In correspondence chess, players may spend days or even weeks on a single move. A typical game can last for more than a year. This is crazy. I didn't know that this was going on full blown because most of these correspondence games haven't been like publicized especially on youtube social media accounts because like i said short attention span is ruining the world right now but anyway it's amazing how people still have the time to actually take days to figure out the best move of a position and i would wonder how much are these players getting paid or do they just like work and then come home and study the game like normal and then, like, after a year, ah, oh, you, you get $10 from this tournament. <laughs> that would be, be scandal. Well, anyway, what does it mean to be the best 
in the world at a game in which a player's strength is enhanced or neutralized by computers. And that's the crazy part, too, is because I'm I'm thinking now that I'm reading it, it could be the future since computers are like, what's their rating nowadays? Thirty five hundred. And the top rated human, um, Magnus Carlsen, is only around like twenty eight fifty, around twenty eight fifty. It's not accurate. Actually, let me let me look that up so I can be accurate right quick. What is who is a top rated opponent nowadays? Twenty seven hundred chess rating dot com. Twenty seven hundred chess dot com. OK, so the top classical rated player is Magnus Carlsen still and he's 2858 and the second highest rated player at this point in time when this podcast was published I mean when I'm recording this podcast episode is 2811 by Dean Laren all right and computers nowadays are way above that um let's continue on to the most interesting parts even with such a plan a majority of correspondence games end in a draw because it is nearly impossible impossible to beat an opponent who has access to a defensive resource of a chess engine so basically if you're close to a draw in any end game you might as well just draw it out like why would you play um there's this game wait a minute it says here at this tournament at this championship the 32nd world correspondence championship they had 119 draws out of 136 games and I know with chess nowadays, we're trying to go the opposite way than that. That's that's horrible. I would not want to watch a tournament like that. What's more, when games are decisive, this is sometimes becomes because of human er- error. So you can still have human error looking at these chess engines because in some positions, chess engines aren't um, as accurate. And sometimes you don't understand the chess engine move that is being played and it's just wacky. Um, diff- different people have different chess engines and different powerful chess engines. You're basically, if you're using a public one, you're basically at a disadvantage of somebody who has an actual powerful chess engine. Let me look up the most powerful chess engine right quick. Um, what is the most powerful chess engine? Yeah, I have to read it out. I know there's some people out there that's listening. That's like that. The most powerful chess engine, Stockfish, has consistently ranked first or near the top of most chess engine rating lists uh, as of October 2022. Okay, okay. So Stockfish is still up there. I know there's Alpha Zero, and I know there's other chess engines that's trying to get above there. Um, the top 10 chess engines right now is... Alpha Zero, Leela Chess Zero, Komodo Chess, Deep Blue's out of the water. Nobody's using frets anymore. Okay, so it's basically just Alpha Zero Stockfish for now. For now, for now we'll see. And Komodo. Nobody's using Deep Blue anymore. I don't think so, at least. All right, let me. It tells you what Correspondent Chess can help out with. Let me see. Correspondence chess helps shape chess at the highest level. Because of the mechanized nature of the process, many correspondence players find themselves treading into previously unexplored territory. Mr. Edwards said that he would sometimes share his new discoveries with the coaching team of elite players to help them find new tools to spring on unsuspecting opponents. And 
for myself, I remember facing off at a chess tournament against this correspondence player, and he was purely a correspondence, correspondence player. And they definitely are uh, more in tune with openings and strategic techniques in the middle game. I can say that for sure. And they should not be underestimated. Just because they have an engine that they're looking at all the time, it does take another technique that could be helpful, actually, in like ordinary games that you play um, at chess tournaments, like the classical games that is played, um, like the World Chess Championship. Historically, correspondence chess has been a contemplative diversion for intellectuals, aristocrats, and soldiers. Okay, we can skip all of that. Let's let's get to let's get to today. Today, computers play a central role in elite correspondence events, not only by instantly relaying a move but also by helping players determine the move they should play. Despite this, or perhaps because of it, correspondence chess still holds an interest for amateurs and professionals alike and will probably continue to for years to come. Now that the World Correspondence Chess Championship is finally over, I asked Mr. Edwards if he attended to defend his title. I received word that I had won on Saturday, October 8th. He said... Two days later, they invited me to accept the final spot in the 33rd World Final. I declined because I truly need a break. <laughs> I can only imagine. When did this tournament start? It didn't even say when the tournament started. I'm pretty sure it probably started like a year ago, maybe. I don't know. But I, I was just looking at this article. I thought it was pretty interesting. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed this. And if you didn't know about Correspondence Chess, um, for um, beginner players, you can probably use it. Um, if you need something else to guide you into playing good moves in chess, like you can play like a grand, this is like a quick way to play like a grandmaster is to play correspondence chess and it could be good training. You never know, but I do want to, um, give like a questionable thought to everybody who's listening right now. Do you think that this is a future us kind of working with chess engines to try to defeat the opponent or we should just throw this out the throw this out the window give me your thoughts it'll be interesting good article though good article by the new york times it's pretty interesting it's a it's good food for thought Hopefully you enjoyed the first episode of this season. I think this is season nine. Hopefully that is right. I'm going to keep this recording just because I'm like that. But anyway, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And I just want to give you a reminder that you are at the right place right now. If you're trying to learn about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, and chess understanding. Yes, H1 is back. Let's get to the next episode. Maybe quicker than you think. Peace.